Hi, I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HDC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Rory Heaton. Amazing. Thanks, Jago. Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you. Happy Monday. Um, wasn't it so great to hear uh, Jago's encouragement yesterday about, um, as Amanda just prayed, um, that when we gather as a community of believers, it is a foretaste of heaven. And it's so great for us to remember that now as we gather here on HTC Daily, um, but also as we look at God's word together. Um, and today's passage is all about Paul continuing to strengthen the church as he journeys on from Antioch to Lystra. So let's jump in. Acts 16, um, the first five verses. So Paul came to Derbe, not Derby, and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they travelled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. So here we meet Timothy, the very Timothy of the fame of the two letters written to him by Paul that we have in the New Testament. Timothy was likely to have become a believer on Paul's first journey to Lystra, as accounted for a few chapters back in Acts 14. And Timothy finds himself in this unique position as a disciple. Uh, If we look at verse one again, it says Timothy's mother was Jewish and a believer, uh, but his father was a Greek. So he's got parents from different backgrounds, and this is really significant. Um, He's uniquely placed with one foot in the Jewish community and one foot in the Gentile community. And what's more than that, verse two tells us that he's already being spoken well of among the believers at Lystra. He's strong in his faith and he's already being seen as a faithful Christian by his fellow believers. So much so that Paul decides to take him along with him as he continues his journey onto Phrygia and Galatia, as we'll see tomorrow. It's a bit like Timothy's a bit like the new young superstar coming through the ranks at a football club. He's, he's going to be Paul's protege who will teach and lead churches in the future. But what's happening in verse three? Maybe you had a similar reaction to me as I read that for the first time. Doesn't this sound totally contrary to everything that Paul teaches, uh, particularly as as we see in the letter of Galatians? Uh, Why does Timothy need to be circumcised? The council at Jerusalem have just said in the last chapter that it's not necessary for believers. Um, And we know that Paul's message to the early church was that the gospel is not enough and we don't need to add anything. No circumcision, no rules about cleansing or diet or anything like that. But what's pretty clear here is that Paul's not circumcising Timothy for his salvation. No, Paul isn't doing that. He's doing it so that his non-Jewishness or his Greekness wouldn't be a stumbling block when Timothy goes to preach in the synagogues. Remember in verse three, it's noted that all the Jews in the area knew that Timothy's father was a Greek. And that would have been hung over him uh, by the Jewish community. So no, Timothy didn't need to be circumcised for his own faith, and neither do any Christians today. But Paul was trying to remove this stumbling block for the Jews, so they would be more trusting of Timothy. So they might hear the gospel that he is preaching and believe. 
So then the question comes, why, why are Paul and Silas actually in Lystra? Well, they, they've come to strengthen the church. And that's our theme today, that, about strengthening the church. If we look at verse four, um, they've come to deliver decisions from the council meeting in Jerusalem that we heard about last week. The decision that believers are only to abstain from food sacrifice to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality. They are bringing good news. They're bringing news that circumcision is not necessary for salvation and that it's only through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved. And that's the same for both Jew and Gentile. And what's the result of this message that he's bringing? Um, And we see that in verse five, that the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Isn't that a glorious picture of that foretaste of heaven when we gather together? That the church is being strengthened in the faith by hearing God's word preached and encouraging one another. And then what happens when the church is strengthened in the faith? Look at the end of that verse again, that the church grows daily in number that others are drawn into this community, that they hear the gospel, they believe, and they are saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus. But the one thing I really want to encourage us with today is this, that obedience to God's word strengthens our faith. Paul, Silas, and Timothy were all being obedient to God's word. They went preaching the gospel, bringing good news, removing stumbling blocks uh, for other people, and strengthening the church. Why, why does this obedience strengthen our faith? Because it's us actively applying God's word to our lives, to our everyday choices, our everyday actions, our everyday conversations. It's teaching us to, to rely on him and him alone. Obedience to God is our choice. It's a reminder to us of who God is and what he's done. That's why the churches were strengthened when they heard the decision of the council in Jerusalem. Because hearing God's word and obeying God's word, they are reminded of what God has done and that it is only by his grace, only through the Lord Jesus, that they are saved. And churches strong in faith will grow. So when we obey God's word, strengthens our faith. And then as that happens to all of us together, the church will grow because when we gather together, it is a foretaste of heaven. And when we as the church are strong in faith, others will be drawn in, not because of us, but because of Jesus, the most attractive person ever to have lived, because he will be made clear to them. Amen. I'm going to hand back to JG in a second to lead our prayer time. Um, But just to to tee up what we're going to pray about, um, we're going to pray about three things I kind of touched on this morning. The first, that God would help us to remove any stumbling blocks in our lives both in our own hearts and those at HTC. Second, that we would obey Jesus, that we would live from a place of joyful obedience. And finally, that God would strengthen our faith and grow our church for his glory and for the salvation of many who don't yet know him.